Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another Resources for the Blind episode. I'm your host, Amber Lacey. So I kind of wanted to do this episode as a continuation of our safety series. Um, This episode is going to be talking about what you as a blind person can do if you're, you know, at a public place, whether that's a school, a mall, a movie theater, a concert venue, or whatever the case may be, and you encounter an active sh- active shooter situation as a tongue twister. Um, <laughs> first and foremost, you want to try to stay as calm as possible. I know that during situations like this, it can be kind of scary because, you know, you can't see what's going on, so you're like... You know, oh my gosh, what's happening? You know, what do I do? You know, whatever. But it's important that you always stay calm during this type of situation. Because if you don't, you start to make irrational decisions if you, you know, start to panic. Um, So, of course, try to stay as calm as possible. Another thing is if you're at school and they have a drill of some sort, even if it, you know, like intruder, active shooter, you know, whatever, make sure that you practice it along with everybody else. Um, Just so you kind of know what it is that you should be doing. If you're in a classroom, try to feel your way around and find a place to hide. So that way you're kind of out of the sight of the shooter. Use your heightened senses to figure out where the shooter, you know, figure out what's going on, whether that's footsteps, gunshots, whatever. And if the shooter is near, use those senses to try to fight back if you have to. Whether that's, you know, throwing a braille text, braille or large print textbook at him, a chair, um, maybe... If you have to use a Perkins Brailler, keep that beside you and swing it at him as he comes near you. Because, I mean, those of you who use Perkins Brailers, you know that they are heavy. I mean, they are extremely heavy. Because it's like they're all, like, metal, basically. And it, they're, they're, they're made to be very, very heavy. So even if it means you're taking one of those things and, like, dropping it on his foot or swinging it at them or whatever the case may be or you know do it you know it's because your life is more important yes it may be risky but your your life is what's important here and the lives of those that are in the room with you um also to make sure that you let school or other public place authorities know of your visual impairment so that if an emergency situation like this comes up, then they will kind of know what it is that they need to do to assist you. You know, make sure you have a plan in place and that you're able to identify nearby emergency exits. Um, Make sure I have all my bases covered here.
Okay, so, like I was saying, listen for where the shooter is at. Listen to what's going on. You know, that's part of staying informed. So, like I said earlier, listen for gunshots, uh, footsteps that we know where the shooter is at. Also, if you're in a public place and a shooting is happening, then obviously what you want to do is um, listen for instructions from those that are handling the situation, whether that's police officers um, or other authorities that, you know, run whatever public place that it, you know, that you're at. Um, like I've said before, this is not to scare anybody. This is just to get you all prepared just because there've been so many school shootings and, um, things of that nature over the past, I don't even know how many years now. And, you know, we have a lot of blind people who, are, you know, in school with students or who may be teachers in, you know, different schools or whatever. So this is just a way to kind of help you guys. I mean, I personally have never um, been in a school shooting type situation. I mean, I've been in drills, obviously, where you practice what to do, but I've never actually, um, I've never actually had to experience that for myself. Um, now I will tell you that I've actually had to experience intruder situations for, you know, like real things that have happened. Um, like for example, I remember I was in band in like fifth grade and we were practicing, we were kind of helping the percussion instrument or percussion section because they seemed to really be struggling, you know, with the different rhythms that they had to do. So we were kind of helping them out. And the intruder alarm went off. And like I told you guys last time, the, you know, different alarms had different sounds. You know, so like the intruder alarm had, would sound like a doorbell. The um, fire drill alarm sounded like that of like a fire station alarm, basically. You know, what you would hear if you were in a fire station. Um, whereas a constant, like, you know, whatever. And then... The tornado alarm sounded like a freaking, like, police or fire truck siren or ambulance. Um, so it was something like that. So, like, we were helping the percussion section out, and the intruder alarm goes off, and we all just stopped. And we're like, intruder. And the band instructor that we had at the time, he'd been working at the school for a while, but not long enough to memorize what the different sounds were. So we told him what it was, and he's like, is that what that is? And we're like, yes. So the band room that we had at the time, the way that the school was, was it was like elementary, junior high, high school, all in one building. I mean, yes, high schoolers were in a different part of the building, but they still were pretty much in the same building as us. And... um Now they're the high. Now they're in a different building, which is out by where we live. But, um, and so like the band, fifth and sixth grade band, as well as fifth, sixth, like all the way up to twelfth grade, like everybody used the same band room or band barn, as they called it, and um, that's also where the high school choir would practice, and so. 
when the alarm went off, I remember the band instructor telling us, okay, go to the choir uh, or the uniform room. And basically that was the room where they kept all of the um, choir uniforms. So I remember we were all sitting in there and the lights were off and everything. And, you know, some of the kids were whispering. And of course I was sitting there silently freaking out because I'm like, what the heck is going on? You know, why are they doing this? Because, I mean, I don't think that they announced that we were having an intruder drill. It was just, you know, totally like last minute unexpected. Which, I mean, I get why they may have felt like they shouldn't have had to announce. Because they were like, you know, intruders, when they come in, they come in unannounced. So, that's kind of where I get where they may have felt like, okay, we're not going to announce this. It's just going to be a total surprise. So we're sitting in there and some of the kids are like, it's okay, you're going to be fine. You know, you're safe, you know. But I was sitting there freaking out. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Um, And our band instructor came in and he's like, guys, you need to be quiet. He said, because this room is connected to the school's hallway. And if there really is an intruder in that school building, he may be able to hear you. So you need to be quiet. And we all just sat there like, crap you know and so we're all sitting in there like what the heck I mean luckily you know it didn't take long and then I remember we were in like I was like in seventh or eighth grade and we were sitting in history class just doing our assignments and I remember the junior high secretary came in you know she knocked on the door she came in and she went over to the teacher's desk and she was like Okay, so you need to have your students hide, like, now. She said, because we're getting ready to go into a, an interior drill. I don't think she told the teacher what was going on, but, um, you know, she just basically said that we needed to take cover. So she left, and the teacher's like, all right, guys, stop what you're doing and take shelter. You know, she basically told us that we were... And the procedure was, so all the classroom doors had these little windows that you, you know, if you were walking through the hallway, you could kind of peek in and see what was going on. And they also had windows where you could, like, look outside to, like, the parking lot of the school or whatever. Or just, you know, outside in general. And so all of those windows had to be covered. Lights had to be turned off. We had to hide somewhere. I think it was, like, by the teacher's desk or something. Um, I don't remember exactly where. And, um, of course, stay very, very quiet. So we're all sitting there like, oh my gosh, what's, what's happening? So then our high, or not high school, but junior high principal comes and he, like, luckily he had a key to the classroom. Cause I think, you know, with him being the principal, he had keys to all the classrooms. So he comes and he unlocks the door and we're like, crap intruder you know like we thought it what really was the person that had broken into the school but you know because we thought okay the only possible reason that we're in this drill or doing this is because someone's broken in i mean it was just the principal and he came in kind of explained that there was i don't remember exactly what the situation was that caused them to basically put us under lockdown but it was something to the effect of there was somebody out in town that was doing some stuff or whatever that they shouldn't have been doing 
like shooting or something to that effect. And, you know, because he was kind of close to the school, they really didn't want to take any chances of keeping the school unlocked and making it easier for him to just walk right in. So, um, that's, you know, so he, you know, the principal obviously came in and explained all of that to us, and we're like, oh, okay. Um, and again, it was a situation where we weren't in that position for very long, but it was still something that was kind of scary. And then the last thing I remember was I had started going to Missouri School for the Blind. I was there until the 2014-2015 school year. And, of course, this was in St. Louis. It was older part of downtown St. Louis. And our school school building was right across the street from this place called Tower Grove Park. And the way that they had our schedule set up then was you would do your first hour, your second hour, and then break. And then third hour, fourth hour, and then lunch. Fifth hour, sixth hour, and then there was a 30-minute period between sixth and seventh hour where it was basically like an advisement period. So like there were certain teachers that were assigned to certain class groups. And they would talk to us about grades or, you know, whatever they had on the agenda for that day. Well, during this time, I was up in the life apartment. And we really didn't have any topics that we needed to talk about. So we're like, okay, let's just go walk on the track for a little bit. Because it's it's nice out. It's, you know, whatever. So we went to walk on the track. And we had two teachers with us. Um, one was a teacher that worked out in the life department with us during third, fifth, and sixth hour. Her name was Mrs. Cusimano, and she was also the facts teacher. And then we had a good, another teacher up there with us by the name of Mr. Johnson. He, for a time, had worked with, I think, like the elementary kids, and then had moved up to working with vocational, so those were the kids that had a different... Um, curriculum than us because their brains you know worked a bit slower than ours which I'm not saying that to be like disrespectful I'm just saying that that's why they call them vocational because they had to have a bit of an easier curriculum than us and then he moved up to the life apartment with us and I mean we still had a few vocational kids up there and so he would work with them on math and different things so I think for a while he taught history to that group before he moved up to the life apartment. The life apartment was where they taught us, you know, things like cooking, cleaning, and just different um, skills that we would need to know for if and when we moved out on our own. So we're sitting there and, or so we're walking on the track and we hear this noise. And Mrs. Cusimano, who, like I said, was our was the facts teacher, she was, you know, we heard this noise and she thought it was a nail gun. She's like, oh, you know, because she thought maybe they were doing construction or something. And Mr. Johnson 
was like, uh, no, that's not a nail gun. He's like, that is an actual gun. And then all of a sudden, we hear people yelling. They're like, nurse, nurse, we need a nurse. And we're like, oh, no. So we hurry back to the school and call the front desk and tell them what's going on. And then, of course, we were put into a shelter in place. Basically, that was a situation where we didn't have to go into, like, full... I mean, we were still in lockdown, but we didn't actually have to, like, hide or anything. It was just more of, if you have to go anywhere, try to stay away from windows, if at all possible. You know, and don't go outside. So we were in that for quite a while. And then... Our parents got this call from School Reach. Um, basically, it's a program that principals can use. And then they the program calls the parents. And you have this, like, pre-recorded message from, like, the principal or superintendent letting parents know what's happening. And sometimes it's not even the superintendent or principal. It's It can sometimes be another... Um, pre-recorded voice so they called all the parents and basically told them okay there was a shooting right across the street from the school everything's fine though nobody's injured you know so that way at least the parents would know um you know what was going on now you may wonder okay why are you telling us this why are you telling us this stuff like And I'm just telling you guys these stories, not again, not to scare you, but just to show that I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be in situations where you're freaked out. You don't know what's going on. You know, I get it. I totally get it. But there are things that we as blind individuals can do to prevent things like this from happening and if something like this does happen then at least you'll know what it is that you can do to keep yourself safe so anyway i hope that this i hope that this helps i hope you guys are all doing well and um I guess I will see you all next episode.